Thank you for joining us on our LWCC podcast. Right now, you're going to hear a message from our senior pastor and founder of Living Word, Pastor Ruben Reyna. Let's jump into our word. you for coming. I want to minister real quick. I don't think it'll be real quick. It'll probably take me three different sermons, or three different times, or three different Sundays. But I want to tell you that Rabbi will be with us on Christmas Day. And we are. This is one service I'm not going to change because Christmas Day is all about Jesus. So if you want to come in your pajamas, just look decent, <laughs> wear a poncho or something. But if you want to come, I'm fine with it. As long as you show up at 1030 on Christmas Day, we're going to have church and we're going to have a good, good time. I have a friend here that I haven't seen maybe, well, I've seen him quite a bit, but he got saved uh, probably about 40-something years. And I, where's Lito? Lito, why don't you stand up and, and your sister stand up and look at the crowd there, Lito. There you go. Thank you, bro. Thank you. And he brought a friend with him, too. Come on, stand up, brother. Hey, yeah, come on. So don't get mad at me. I'm bad at names. I only remember a few. And after that, I forget. <clears throat> like Stella used to tell me, just don't forget where you live. <laughs> I never forgot that one. Turn your Bibles over to the book of Matthew, chapter 6, verse 5. And I want to deal with something that I've been observing for a while. And, you know... One of the things that gets me is that a lot of people like to worship. They love to worship. A lot of people like to uh, demonstrate that they're worshiping. And I think worshiping is beautiful. But I think that a lot of times we don't realize that worship is different than prayer. You can worship. It's easy to get around a crowd, lift up your hands and thank God he touches you. But the other element you got to learn is you got to learn how to pray. Because if you don't know how to learn how to pray, then you won't be able to make it through the hard times. Because worship won't get you out of the hard times. It's your prayer life that will get you out of your hard times and push you on. Worship is more of a putting gas in your tank. But prayer is you placing what God wants inside of your life. And that's something personal in the closet where nobody sees you, where you just pray or you come to church to pray and you pray your soul out to God and you tell him exactly what's going on and God hears it. And it's a private prayer. So worship is good. Praise is good. But we got to add the other one. Prayer is our foundation. Yeah. Okay. Book of... Uh, Matthew, right? I'm coming around slowly here. <clears throat> I love weather like this, don't you? 
Mm -hmm. Chapter 6, verse 5. And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen. Verily say, I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when you pray, enter into your closet, and when thou hast shut thy door to the Father, which is in secret, the, and thy Father, which seeth in secret, shall reward thee openly. But when you pray, use not vain repetition, repetition as the heathens do, for they think that they shall be heard for their own speaking. Verse 8. Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things ye have need of before you ask him. And then he goes into the, our Father. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your presence, for your glory here. I pray that you will speak to us, that you will move upon us, that you will enter those secret areas where we need a lot of help, Father. We ask you this in Jesus' name, amen and amen. They asked, a, uh, there was a group of people trying to find an employee that would be responsible. So they went through a lot of them, and they had one young man in front of them. And he says, uh, fill out this application. And he heard them speaking about responsibility. And as he filled out the application, he says, uh, uh, sir, I'd just like to tell you that I'm very responsible. Because when, in the other job, when they asked me if I was responsible, I was responsible for everything bad that I did. <laughs> so they threw him out. Amen. <laughs> but we're responsible for our own lives. Every individual here, you're going to have to give an account for your own bones. Not because of the pastor. Everybody is going to give an account for your own responsibilities. And so am I. And this morning, we are responsible to be men and women of prayer. And this, has, this, this, this generation has a curse on them. They're more involved in just praise and worship than they are in prayer. When you say we're going to have a concert and so-and-so is going to be singing and all that, everybody pays high-quality money to go to that concert just to get their fix of praise or their favorite songs or worship. But when you call out to a prayer meeting, hardly anybody shows up. So we got a curse in our generation that they like to praise and worship but nobody likes to pray. Come on, somebody's going to get quieter right now. See, we're a generation that we like books. We like to hear sermons. We like to hear deep, deep teaching. And we're especially very religious. But when it comes to prayer, nobody shows up. You're full of knowledge but you're not full of God. And there's nothing wrong with knowledge, but it has to be level. That's why God gave you two hands, right and left. So if he gives you praise, he gives you prayer. If he gives you knowledge, he gives you prayer. Because the more prayer you have, the more you understand. 
You could be the most ignorant person that ever lived and walked the face of the earth. But if you know how to pray, you will never stray. And if you do stray, you know very well that that prayer is going to get you back. So we need to get rid of all our religious activities and get back to the solid thing that the apostles did. They were men of prayer, first of all. Three times a day, they would walk into the temple and they would pray. It didn't say they would study. It said that they would pray because they knew very well that they needed the power of God to strengthen them, to keep them in the time of trouble. So we need a lot of prayer. Turn around and turn your neighbor. You need to start praying, neighbor. In Luke chapter 18, I want to go there, chapter 18. <clears throat> and here's the parable that God spoke in Luke chapter 18, verse 1. And he spoke a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. Amen. Saying there, there was a, a city, there was in a city, a judge, which feared not God, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in the city, and she came unto him, saying, Avenge me of my adversaries. And he would not for a while. But afterwards he said within himself, Though I fear not God, nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest there be by her continual coming wear me. In other words, wear me out. And the Lord said, here's what you the unjust judge said. Shall not God avenge our own elect, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them? And I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man shall come, listen to this, shall, shall he find faith on the earth? Powerful story here. Of a widow that was persistent with the judge. Representing that if you're going to be a man of prayer, a woman of prayer, and you don't see nothing happening, you're going to be persistent until God answers your prayer. That's what he was talking about. And not only that, he was talking that he will, when he comes, will he find faith on the earth? Will he find people praying? Praying, literally praying and full of faith that God is going to accomplish what he's going to accomplish. So we need a change in our generation. We need young men. We need young ladies. We need to create this, this beehive where we're buzzing in prayer inside the church. That the church is not some kind of social club, but we come down and kneel down or stand up and we come against the kingdom of the devil and we will be persistent for our families and cause a revival like never before. But we need a beehive of people that are really, really getting down to business and will put God's prayer first than their own purposes. That's why I know when I call a prayer and I'm, I'm not here, few people show up. You shouldn't be led by me because I'm not here. You should take responsibility by your own self that you're doing it for God and not for Pastor Ruben because I can't give you nothing. 
I'm not there where you're at. But God is everywhere and he can help you if you decide to do what God wants you to do. See, we got a responsibility and you need to write this down. No Christian can operate beyond his own personal life in prayer. I'll say it again. No Christian can operate beyond his own personal life in prayer. You got to have a praying life because you're going to hit some tough times. And I've seen some jellyfish. They just jello out. They become water because they're not sitting on the foundation of prayer. Upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not be able to destroy it. Prayer, the word prayer, go hand in hand. So stop being so darn religion trying to Impress people that don't even like you. You need to pray. Get into prayer and say to God, I'm not going to stop praying until I see the blessing of God rest upon my life. And you young people need to learn how to pray. It's nice that you know how to praise God. Thank God you lead us in praise. But do you pray? Because you got to get prayer inside. The only thing that kept me through life has been prayer. When I was a young man, I got saved. And prayer hit me, and I loved to pray. Nobody led me to pray. I just liked to pray. I saw other people praying, so I, I took advice from them. And I started growing in my prayer life. Come on. Some of you need to start growing in your prayer life. And I'll, pray, I'll tell you what the damage is. is in your lazy self. Self, listen to me clearly. I'm not busting you or anything. Self, self, the I, 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 will always keep you away from prayer. Until you nail the sucker and say, Ruben Reina que nunca se peina, you're going to pray. You got to take that person, whatever your name is, and say, you're going to be a prayer man. You're going to be a praying lady. You're going to be a praying teenager. You're going to be a praying person. You're going to operate under a whole different level because you pray. You pray. You say, well, Pastor Ruben, you know, I pray at home. Well, bless your heart, but come and pray with us. Because we need you praying as a group of people that will take hold of the throne of God. And when we cry out for vengeance, then God will avenge us. Because we're not just playing. Stella knew I was married with Stella for a long time. I was a man of prayer. I said, if you can't come, sister, I'm gone. I'm gone. And she said, go ahead, I can. I love you, I can't. I got all these piranhas here, I can't do it. <laughs> I'm laying common sense on you. Not to be so religious that you bring somebody down for their job. Just respect and you pray, as the man of the house, you come and pray and let God take care of the ladies. And the ladies have a way of praying in, in their houses. They have a way of praying there. But there's nothing like gathering together to pray and bringing this flesh into subjection. Because the prayer, the minute you say you're going to pray, everything happens. Everything wrong happens. And you got to bring this man and tell this man, I'm going to pray. I don't care what you throw at me. I don't, know. I don't care if I got four flat tires. I'm going to get this man. I'm going to get this man into prayer. And I'm going to nail him so that he can eat this rug and begin to break. 
Because some of you have some daggers in you that you don't even know. You have some arrows in you that have crippled you. Your crippled arrow has crippled you. Your undisciplined arrow has crippled you. All kinds of different things have crippled you. And your logic, your logic gets in the way. Get rid of your logic because your logic doesn't mix with spiritual things. Get this darn flesh and nail it to the ground and say, I'm going to pray and I'm not going to stop until I see the glory of God. And let God pick you up. Now, if you're elderly, you stay home, please. Because I don't want nothing happening, but agree with us. But those that have the energy to do it and the capability to do it, come to prayer. I'm going to say it again. Come to prayer. Some of you teenagers, I already studied you. You got springs in your knees. I'm done. And then you say, hallelujah. I saw follow. You haven't even know who the father is, but oh, hallelujah. <laughs> I am saying this because I care for you and you're losing out on your inheritance. The sooner you get it, the sooner you will get to where God wants you to be. Because you are led by the spirit, not by the flesh. The flesh is too much. You'll tell you, don't go to prayer because you feel sick. Don't feel prayer because you're going to fall asleep in prayer. You know what you do all the time. You fall asleep. And the, and the flesh will speak to you. You let more of the flesh speak to you than God. You're flesh Gordon. <laughs> Sister, hermano Carnitas. Flesh Gordon. Because you're not allowing God to do what he's going to do. So no Christian can operate beyond his own personal praying life. If you don't have a praying life, then you don't have the goods. You might be saved. You might be doing all the traditions. But when you don't pray, it makes you only an ornament on a tree. You look good, but you'll be put away. We won't see you. Prayer makes you into a lion. A lioness. Prayer will raise you up to a place where you start tearing down the kingdom of the enemy. Destroying powers that came against you. And most of all, destroying the power of excuses. That's the main one. How many here have ever had so many excuses? You're like a bottle of vitamins. Nothing but excuses. Praying people. God needs. Our church before, you know, in the past, all our young people were people of prayer. All of them. It was like a humming uh, place of bees. The adults also joining together. Being an example to the young ones. Once the young ones got touched, boom. They resurrected, like, say, wow, I never knew that God was this good to, you, to me. We need to wake up. We need to wake up because we've been asleep. Young people, you're asleep doing religious things, but not awake in the spirit. Got to wake up. Thank God for your little talents. Thank God for everything you got. Thank God for that. 
Oh, but you would sound even way better if you would get a hold of God. There would be an aroma that just go through the whole church. No Christian can operate beyond his personal praying life. See, we'll never reach our potential if we neglect our spiritual life. No matter what we say, we become religious, religious. And once we become religious, you can call yourself, you can call yourself an idol because that's all you are, an idol. An idol is filled with nothing, just an idol. It's getting quiet in this holy place. It's even getting hot. Hallelujah. See, we're very religious, but we don't hold on to prayer. Mm -hmm. Matthew 6 says, says this. It says, enter into your closet and be not like the hypocrites, for they love to pray in public. Prayer is totally different. I kneel down right there. That's my chair right there. Every prayer meeting, that's my chair on the end. I make it my chair. I claim it my chair. That's the only thing I own here is that chair. And everybody else, I know where everybody hangs out. I know where Soto hangs out. I know where, where uh, Reuben hangs out. I know where Anthony hangs out. We all have our hangouts. That's where God placed us. That chair has more respect and has seen more tears than anybody else. Because when I kneel down, I kneel down with a sincere heart to let out every single thing that people do not know that I'm going through. And when I break loose through that, I come into the aroma of God, into the kingdom of God, and there I'm not showing off. I'm just knowing that I am in the presence of God. I am not just doing things to do them. I'm doing them to get into the door and to go into his presence, and that's the way we should be. When I started praying, Stella used to tell me, you pray a lot. I said, you need to pray with me, sister. You really need to pray with me. Because she didn't know the key. I had it. And I had to train her. And when I say train her, I'm not saying, you know, how training. I just had to be an example to her. And to bring her into that place. I remember spending time with her in prayer and laying hands on her and, and allowing God to open up her mind, open up her spirit. Come on, Lord, move it. I have it and I can't live without her having it. And boom, the spirit of God here. And when she got up, she was a different person. She was more advanced than me than I was. She got the speed in you. And that's what happens. You will get a speed in you that you never had. But you got a hunger for that. If you don't hunger for that, you will never get anything. When you were crazy in the world and you liked to dance, what did you do? Hang around with the dancers because you hungered for that. You wanted to be the best dancer around. Show off and everything. Well, in this case, you got to kill the flesh and get in the, into the spirit of God and become what God wants you to become, not what you want to become, but what God wants you to become. When you do that, there is a change. 
And here Jesus is saying, come on, get into your closet. Get into the places where you pray. There, break, confess everything. Empty yourselves out. And when you empty yourselves out, then I can do whatever I want to do with you. I can give you gifts. I can put you in the place where you belong. I can stir your life. I can stir your whole family. I can do miracles beyond your own mind. But you have to get into that closet. That's my closet right there. I hear prayer, but once I go into my closet, I don't hear nothing. I just hear something between me and God. And when that happens, something is destroyed. See, talent won't get you anywhere. Prayer will get your future ready. Hmm? When I see these young people, I get blessed. I see them with little afros. I think I'm seeing Jimi Hendrix and Bob, du Bob Dylan. <laughs> And I see them with no hair. Well, you know, it's okay, too. I have no hair sometimes, too. So. But what I am saying is they're dedicated. But can you imagine if we will learn how to pray? How powerful that bass won't be nothing to you. The keyboard will be nothing to you. Everything that God gives you all of a sudden will be extended way beyond your imagination because you know how to pray. And you, this is the main thing. When you're a man of prayer, you influence people to pray. What do you influence people to do? Ask yourself, what do I influence people to do? Are you an influence a prayer, or are you an influence of just fellowship? I like to fellowship. Right now I'm thinking about a bowl of soup, Chinese soup, beautiful. I'm thinking about sushi. You see how you get? <laughs> and I'll be done pretty soon, don't worry. But we have to get away from our own flesh and become the people that God wants us to become in prayer. Don't be like the hypocrites, for they like to be heard. They like to embrace, but really, in reality, they're not praying because they're just trying to impress. When you just pray, you're just trying to impress. But when you really praise, you don't care about anybody impressing anybody. You're there for your own bones. So what I'm saying, prayer, blessing is linked to prayer. Let me say it again, prayer is linked to blessings and power and prayer. That's where everything comes from. That's where everything comes from. I could tell when you're prayed up and I could tell when you're in the flesh. How many can tell when you're in the flesh? Let me see those hands. I could see you. Don't you just hate to feel that ugliness in your flesh? It's like a throw up. You want to throw it up. But when you just say, you know what? I'm going to pray and nail the flesh and say, I'm just going, I'm going to let go of this hypocrisy and I am going to get into prayer so that I can become powerful and so that God can allow me to see what he wants for my life. So Jesus was trying to get the disciples to say, come on, disciples, come on. 
You got to mature in prayer. That's why one of them said, teach us to pray like you pray. That's what they, they said. Teach us how to pray like you pray. In other words, they were walking with him, but they were seeing him pray. But we want to learn how to pray. And that's when he started, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And they started learning. As you repeat that prayer, sometimes it happens to you. Sometimes you just need an old-fashioned style Holy Ghost preacher that will say, Mijito, get over here. And then call another Holy Ghost preacher. Let's lay hands on this, this person. And let's, let's just lay our hands there. And let's begin to stir up the spirit. And let's begin to move upon their life. And let's come against this ugly spirit that they have. And cast it out in the name of Jesus. And sometimes you just got to get them and say, come on, in the name of Jesus. And you might just take a step of faith. And, and get it out of them so that they can experience something that they never had because inside they know they're lacking but they need help help look at what Peter said I mean Jesus said these words to Peter he says, the devil has desired to sip thee as wheat he says but I pray that your faith fail not what was the key of his survival Jesus prayed for him that in the middle of the trouble that he was going to head for, that he would not fail. And Jesus told him, he says, I already got this, Peter. I got your back. You're going to go through it. But my prayers are going to sustain you in the middle of all the hardship. In the middle of all the hardship. So when you pray, pick a person that you're praying for. Pick a person that needs something. And start praying. Forget, once you come into the presence of God, forget about yourself, now start praying for the needs of somebody else. And let's see a miracle take place in front of us. Let's see a Holy Ghost power miracle happen because they will happen when we let go and let God be God. So that's why Paul was constantly speaking about this. Listen to Romans chapter 1, verse 19. For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his Son. And without ceasing, I make mention of you always in my prayers. What a statement. God is my witness in the spirit. So here's Paul. He's, he's becoming an example. And I started thinking about this 27 times. Paul is recorded praying, interceding for the people of God and for the church. 27 times in the New Testament. So if 27 times come, don't you think that you and I should take those 27 times and I don't know how long we're going to live, but our reward will be praying for somebody else? That they'll make it? That they'll finish well? So we need to go into that place and really search our hearts. Are we really doing this? For not only us, but for somebody else. Look at James chapter 5, verse 17. Elisha was a man subject to like passions as we are. And he prayed earnestly that he might not reign. And, he in the, and, and it rained not on the earth by the space of three and six months. And he prayed again, and the heavens gave rain, rain and the earth brought forth her fruit. 
What a powerful statement. I like what it says in the beginning. Elisha was a man subject to like passions. In other words, he was just like us with shortcomings, with emotional, emotional problems. And here's a man that decided, I'm going to believe God. And he shut down the heavens for three and a half years. Three and a half years, a man that just said, I don't care how bad I am. My prayer life is everything, and I'm going to shut down this thing. And then I'm going to open it up again. And he did. A man subject with like passions. Don't be looking at your faults. Don't be looking at your shortcomings. Look at your faith. Look at your prayer life. And do what God wants you to do. But don't pay attention to yourself because we are all weak. But we are saved by grace. And we have the Spirit of God inside of us to change things. Tell your neighbor, are you ready to change your life? I'm talking about, you know, you're changed already, but there's more. Like my mother told me, there's never an ending to this. There is no ending to this. The more you get into it, the better you become. Look at Mark chapter 11, verse 22. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, shall believe that all these things which you say shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he says. Therefore I say unto you, whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. So don't pay attention to yourself. Pay attention to your prayer life. The desires, the circumstances, they're going to come. Your bad attitude is going to come. Your family will come against you. But he says, if you're praying, believe it's going to happen. Believe that it's already happening and give them thanks. Give them thanks. Well, my marriage will never change. Don't listen to that dumb sentence. My wife will never change. She'll change when you change. She'll change. And if your wife says, well, I want him to change, he'll change. Just keep praying for him. Pray, God, I hope everything goes wrong for him. I hope his car breaks, he gets fired, he gets humbled. And believe me, all those things will happen. And then he'll come and say, can you pray for me that I get a new job and a new car and all that? <laughs> Women have power. Women have power. They have a lot of power. They have a lot of power. They believe their prayers. They really do. My wife used to bug me a lot. She used to tell me the truth. I had to swallow a lot of truth. But when it came to say, well, if you don't want to listen to me, I'm going to go into prayer. I would go, bow wow. <laughs> what happened to me? I knew she had power. You don't mess with a person that has power. You don't mess with that person that is a prayer person. You cannot do anything with somebody that prays. You will not tear them apart. You will fail. You will fail. 
So why not dive in like I did? Sometimes a wife says the truth. Notice that I said sometimes. <laughs> this is a dimension that we have to enter. And being in prayer doesn't make you a karadiacha axe head. Being in prayer makes you joyful. Being in prayer makes you fruitful. Being in prayer changes you. Even the way you talk, the way you act, all that, it changes you. So we want to change. Can you say, man, I want to change. I don't want to stay the same. I want to know more about what God wants to do for my life. Enter into prayer, into your closet, and get a hold of God and seek him with everything you got. Well, I got this pain. Well, pray for your pain. Well, I'm sick of this. Well, get down and fast and pray and get rid of your sicknesses. What is fasting? Fasting is pushing away the plate. All the fellowship. And saying to God, I'm giving you three days. I'm giving you 24 hours. I'm giving you a day. I'm giving you six hours. But I'm putting it away. So I can get into prayer and get reading, get to reading and get my life back to where it belongs. God can bring health to your life. Come on, somebody. God can bring health to your life. God can revive your old bones. God can revive every single thing. How many remember Richard Mata? I brought him to preach. 86 years old. The man looked like a, like sharp. 86 years old. Nordine was 98 years old when he passed away. Still looked sharp. So God can give us a good body. But we got to cry out to God. We can't forget that. Because sometimes we forget that. How many here have ever forgotten that? How many here have forgotten it already? Sometimes you got to speak to this old body and say, body, you're going to live in the name of Jesus. Liver, you're going to live. Lungs, you're going to live. Every vital organ in my life is going to live. And I speak life into it. Create another miracle in my life. Give me more days than I deserve. Look at Jacob. Ah, never mind. Let me go over to, to Elizabeth and Zechariah. Elizabeth was 86 years old and could not have a baby. Zacharias was 92 years old and could not produce. But one day God talked to him and says, in the house of God, he says, you're going to have a son. Zacharias asked, what do you mean have a son? I can't. I'm 92 years old. Living in the house of God and yet not believing what God said. And God said, I want you to call him John. And because I know that you don't believe, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close your mouth. You'll never talk until the baby comes. <laughs> How would you like to do How you doing, Zechariah? Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. mm -hmm. mm -hmm. <laughs> and Elizabeth, 86 years old. All of a sudden got pregnant. Why? Retired people kept on going. They were not retired. They kept on going. 
They kept being a reference point in the house of God, doing the how and where. And she got pregnant. She met Mary that was only, what, 17, 18 years old? 17, something like that, 16. And all of a sudden, when she met up with her, the baby leaped inside her. Because she felt, felt the power of God. John the Baptist inside of her felt the power of God. Don't limit God. Let me say it again. Don't limit God. I don't care if you're in a retirement age. Do not limit God. God is still moving on people that are elderly. And if you get pregnant, hallelujah, it's going to be the talk of the town. I'll be preaching on it every day. But I like sacrifices. I can't. I'm 92 years old. And God said, don't give me the, you sound like Abraham and Sarah. God was repeating it again. Look at Jacob, a hundred and something years old, stood on his staff and started blessing all his children, 12 of them. Strong, strong, fervent, on fire, not weak, strong. Sometimes we got to take that word and say, Lord, put it in me, strong in me, that I'm going to last longer. Look at Moses, a hundred and something years old, and the devil was fighting for his body. He was still strong, the meekest man the face of the earth. Look at Abraham, still strong at an old age. Don't you ever say, I'm old. Say, I'm a, I'm a young stud. Come on, somebody. I'm a young stud on the inside. My bowels might be drying up, but God has given me the strength and the power and the blood and my marrow to flow. Strong. Prayer makes you strong. Every man that I just mentioned were men of prayer. I respect all of you. But you need to find the secret of prayer because that's one thing I can't do for you. I could lead you to the water, but you got to drink it. Well, it's getting holy in here. Don't you feel good inside? Huh? I don't think we should put limits on God. If we put limits on God, we're already standing outside of the presence of God. Because I mentioned a lot of names to you that were strong individuals. And don't ever say that God can't do a miracle because he can. And he will because you believe it and you enter into prayer. Come on, stand up with me. That was only one point. I want you to lift up your hands. Come on, both of them, when that policeman puts a gun on you, both of them go up. You have no problem lifting them up. And I think we should lift up holy hands unto the Lord. Come on, say it with me, in the name of Jesus, I believe you, Lord, for everything that you're going to do in my life. Forgive me of my doubt. Forgive me of my fear. In the name of Jesus, I speak to my life. I want to see what you have for me. In the name of Jesus, release me into that destiny. 
Let your glory be all over me. Oh, bring joy to my life. Right now, in the name of Jesus, whatever you want, it's yours. In Jesus' name. Now, speak in tongues and just worship him for a little while. And just praise him in English, Spanish, praise him. Father, I thank you. I thank you for your glory. I thank you for your love. I thank you for your mercy. I thank you for lifting us up out of the miry clay. I thank you that we're standing here still of age and different things have happened to us. But we praise you, Lord. We praise you out of the depths of our heart, oh God. And we want more of you. We want more of you. Teach us, Lord. Grab us by the hand. Lead us, oh God, by your spirit. In the name of Jesus, Father, I give you praise and honor. Come on, give up a clap offering and just praise it. Glory, 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 glory. Come on, glory, glory to the King of Kings. Glory to the Lord of Lords. Glory, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Bless, bless, bless your name. Bless, bless your name. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. Oh, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I believe God wants to do something bigger with our church, and I think we're going to enter those places. I just want you to be ready. Some of you are not baptized in the Holy Ghost. You don't speak in tongues. You don't speak in tongues. That's probably why you don't have that power and unction in you. Because you need that gift of speaking in tongues. You need it. You need it. Because if you're going to enter, you're going to have to enter there. How many can say, Pastor Reuben, I need it. Come on, lift up your hands. I want to see that hand. I need that baptism of the Holy Ghost. Come on, I, I don't have it, but I need it. I don't have it, but I need it. Well, maybe you came in to the church and you say, Pastor, I'm not saved. I don't even know what salvation is. It's accepting Jesus in your heart and letting him be king over your life. It's accepting him and saying, God, forgive me of every sin that I've committed. I need you so much. And you're the only one that can do it for me. I went to the priest and confessed all my sins, but I never told him the truth.